All right. Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, got a pretty good crowd. Y'all, uh, don't stop mingling. This is going to be our welcome song. If y'all want to stand up and sing with us, you're more than welcome to. Uh, a lot of you know it, so we're going to try it out. Maybe I wasn't on. Is it a good day to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. There we go. 
I need, uh, I need y'all to be awake this morning. I know uh, this last week was busy with Easter and different things, but God is still just as worthy to worship this morning. Amen? Amen. He rose uh, last week. We celebrate that, but He is still alive and still risen today. Amen? Amen. All right, I want to make sure that we keep that energy from last week of praising the Lord. He is worthy of being praised this morning. And so I pray that as you enter into this place, it's nothing special about this place. The special thing is about the God who rests in the hearts of brothers and sisters in here. And that we would join together in corporate worship as we just praise that name that's above all names, Jesus Christ. And so looking forward to doing that this morning. A couple housekeeping announcements here for you. We have the midweek service change that happened last Wednesday. So our Wednesday nights have went from seven o'clock to six thirty is when they start. So Wednesday night service starts at six thirty, goes till seven thirty, and we have that meal beforehand, and it starts at five forty-five and goes up to six thirty. There. And let me just tell you something. Last Wednesday night was a blast. We had a lot of fun um, eating, fellowshipping together. We had chicken spaghetti last week. This week we're having sloppy joes. And so if you, um, I've got a, a link on Facebook and, and a sign-up sheet and all those different things to make sure you register for your plates. Again, adults are $5. All kids, all the way up to 18 years old, eat free. And so um, $10 for a whole family meal, you can't beat that, right? Amen? And then to have brothers and sisters in Christ sitting beside you talking to each other, you can't beat that. Amen? And then we came in here and had some trivia. Now, I know i got some trivia buffs out here. Y'all come back this Wednesday night, and I'm going to have some good trivia questions for us, see who can answer these questions. We had a team, cat people versus dog people, and the dog people destroyed, I think. Destroyed them, that's right. And so, um, that's right. And so, uh, we'll see what we have this week. It's going to be a fun time. Show up, 6.30 for service. Help needed for Wednesdays because of God showing up in the way He has. We've been praying for Wednesday nights for a long time, church. And because God showed up the way He has, we had 90 people, including all adults and kids and things. Yeah, praise the Lord. And so, um, not too concerned about the numbers, but that's 90 souls that are excited about worshiping God together. And so that's awesome. And then you take that, though, and you realize we need help. (laughs) We need help with our youth. We had 40 youth last Wednesday, and we have Lance and two helpers, or three helpers with his wife, and so four helpers. That's ten youth per one. Y'all have like one or two youth in your homes, and you're like, I can't handle it. How do you bring them here and expect one for ten? Amen? All right, I need some helpers for the youth. I need some helpers for the kids. We had toddlers and babies and, lit and, and older kids, and so we need um, help with uh, those classrooms. And so I've already had several people reach out, and it's a blessing. And so I just want to put that back before you. And we need help with a church bus to pick up kids. And so around uh, 4.30 or so to take our church bus, go up to Cayuga, pick up a load of kids, maybe come back and go get another load the way it's been. So if you're interested in driving a bus, um, I, I would much appreciate talking to you and, and getting that worked out with you. Um, no CDL needed. It's a 15-passenger bus. You don't need a CDL, so um, you're golden. All of y'all drove here this morning. You can drive a bus. Amen? All right. We also need help providing meals. We've got a good group of people uh, cooking these meals up and going, but um, it's always great to have extra hands, the serving, cleaning up, and those different things. And so uh, if you're interested in helping any of those ways, Jacqueline's number's in there. She'll help you get connected with the right person. And so there you have it. 
excited about God's work there. Today, right after service at 2 to 4, 2 to 4 p.m., we have the diaper shower for um, baby Lightfoot. And so the Lightfoots, uh, we're excited about number five coming in to their home, and we want to shower them with love and diapers because they're going to need diapers. Amen? And so uh, 2 to 4 today, hope to see you there. It'll be a good time um, there. Ladies' Luncheon is on April 15th. It's at King Buffet at 1130 on April 15th. We have Family Sunday coming up, and there's some information about the youth camps and kids' camps in there too. Last thing I wanted to say, we, um, for the stock show coming up, that's uh, this not this week, tomorrow, but next week, and we on Monday as a church are feeding the stockyards, and so... Uh, I wanted to ask for volunteers. If you can help volunteer, we're going to have um, walk-in tacos we're serving. And so if you can volunteer in any way um, with serving that, um, we already got some ladies cooking it, but to show up, serve, and uh, help with the ice and, and, and all the good stuff, we need help. And so if you can show up on that Monday, I'll get you more details, but talk to me or Jacqueline, and we'll get you pointed in the right direction there. And uh, we actually have $4,000, right at $4,000 in our livestock fund to buy a steer this year, again, from the, the stock show, and so excited about the way we get to serve there, too. All right, y'all ready to continue worshiping? Amen. That's pretty weak, wasn't it? Y'all ready to continue worshiping? Amen. Father God, Lord, we love you and you are worthy this morning, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would be magnified, glorified, Lord, that you would be on the hearts of each one here, Lord, and you would move, Lord. Use the music that we're about to hear to lead us to a place of worship, Lord. As we sing the songs, let it be an act of worship, God, as we're singing about who you are, Jesus. Lord, as we get into your word, Lord, help it be divided rightly and the truth be given, Lord, and the spirit move, Lord. Oh, God, we're excited about this today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this is going to be our birthday and anniversary song. So if y'all would, I'm going to ask you to stand again. your heart this time. Where's Sam? Okay, well he's hiding. Young lady of 78 right here. Let's sing, Miss Tammy. can be seated.
because we sure slowed down. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. As long as they got it, that's all that matters. Mark, would you lead us in a prayer? Heavenly Father, God, it's, it's uh, so wonderful, Lord, to be in your house, God, to, to be able to come to your house and worship God and uh, lift up our voices to you, God, and praise your holy name. And, and we're so thankful, Lord, for your son that willi- willingly went to that cross, Lord God. And, and God, we praise your holy name for raising him on that third day that Without that, Lord, we would be lost, totally lost, God. And we just, we just love you, God, and we just, we just lift up our voices to you, Lord, and we praise your holy name. And Lord, we just pray that you'll anoint Brother Jerry to bring our message today, Lord, and that our ears and hearts are, are uh, open to, to your word, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's kind of like Mark said. Uh, he rose on that third day, and we sure are glad. Uh, so the ladies are going to sing us a song. Y'all are welcome to stand up and sing with us. Uh, me and Mark, we're just going to try to hold down the back end. Y'all just take care of the front end. We're holding on. Satan trying to mess you up. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Well, while they're trying to figure that out, just so everybody knows, y'all might not can see him hiding over here, but we got a new electric guitar player back here in the back. And, uh, he's, been a, he's been a huge blessing to this bunch so far. I pray he continues to be a blessing. And I pray that we're blessed to him. Mm-hmm. 
I know your legs are tired. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to sing uh, Nobody. What are we singing? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Whenever you're ready. Why are you in the church? There's always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong At the end of the line Where all the other not quite Where all the never get it right But it turns out that the ones you were looking for all this time Cause I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. Well, Moses has changed right, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked twelve outside of nobody would have chosen to change the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me, saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I need my youngins, first through fifth grade. First through fifth grade, if you can walk up here. First through fifth grade, right here, right here. On this side, Sam. This side, buddy. Over here. I know, I'm switching up on you. Hey, McKenna. Y'all, come on down. First through fifth grade. 
Oh, it's a big step over here, buddy. All right. My first through fifth graders, y'all doing okay? I'm sorry, first through fifth grade, fifth grade and under. If you're under fifth grade, you come on up too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. First, zero to fifth grade. Did y'all get that? Zero to fifth grade. Y'all come on up. All right. I need something. Here it is. Y'all know what this is? It is an elephant. That's right. What else is it? A blankie. That's right. But if I'm being honest, I don't really know if this blankie is going to keep me very warm. Keep my shoulder warm, maybe. This shoulder. Maybe my foot warm. It's not very big, is it? Or my head warm. Okay. Even for a little kid, it's not really super big. Like, look, let's take Sam here. It don't really cover you very much, does it? No, get that thing off of me. And so what's the point of this thing? If it's a blankie, what do we use it for? A baby. Okay, a baby might use a blankie, yeah, but even as we get a little older, I've caught some kiddos carrying these things around. So do they use them for just a blankie? I don't think so because you use a blankie like when you're going to sleep, but I see kids like this. You ever seen a kid like this? Yeah, yeah I've seen a few. Trip, what do you want to tell me, buddy? It's a little lovey? Yeah, so you, oh, she says lovey, so Sadie calls it her lovey, okay? And so Sadie has her lovey, and she carries it around with her. You know why? Because sometimes these little things like this can give us comfort. Can you all say comfort? It gives us comfort. It gives us this idea of, of, of being okay. In fact, if they try to go to bed without their lovey, what happens? That's right. That's right. Because they, because some, for some reason, this little thing just brings comfort to us sometimes. And sometimes it's a stuffed animal. Sometimes it's a blankie. Sometimes it's just something else. And you need it to help give you comfort. Well, God wants to give us comfort. Did you all know that? Did you all know that? Look at me. Look at me. Did you all know God wants to give you comfort? He does. He wants to give you comfort so much that He does something. He sends somebody called the Holy Spirit. But you want to know another name for the Holy Spirit? Comforter. Yeah, the one who comforts. And He does that so that we can be comforted. And so just like um, we have these little uh, blankies and, and loveys or whatever we call them, God sends us our own little blankie lovey called the Holy Spirit that helps us be comforted. Did you all know that when you're sad or when you're scared or when you're having a bad day that the Holy Spirit can comfort you? Isn't that pretty cool, kids? Isn't that pretty cool? Say amen. All right, I'm going to pray for us. First through fifth graders can stay in here and get a, a, a binder over there, and then the little ones, first grade, under first grade, uh, kindergarten under, can go to the back for children's church, okay? Y'all want to pray with me? Anybody want to pray for me? You got it, sweetie? Okay. Pray for us, sweetie. Lord, we're so thankful, God. We're thankful for you, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives us comfort, Lord. Help us be comforted by who you are, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.
All right, if y'all will stand with me. Amen. 
Lord Church, Father God, Lord, you are mighty, Lord, and, and God, we just recognize that this morning, Lord, just who you are um, blesses us, Lord, the perfect, righteous Redeemer, you, Christ, Lord, you overwhelm us, God, you satisfy the soul, Lord, God, Lord, one thing remains, Lord, your love, your love, God, your love for me, your love for us, Lord, God, I just praise you for that love today. I ask that you would move um, continuously, Lord, this morning. Lord, help us worship you, Lord, because anything we do today apart from you is nothing. And so, God, I pray that the Spirit is at work today. I pray that it's at work right now, Lord. We welcome you here, Lord. We welcome you in this place to move in our lives. Lord, to change, to transform, to bring about radical difference, Lord. God, there's not one thing in here that's too big for you. There's not one thought that is too dark, too hard, too far gone, Lord, for you to conquer today. Lord, there's not one thing in here that's too big. But there is one thing that remains, and that's your love, God. Let that love shower us, Lord. Let it be displayed today through your word. Let it change our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. What if I told you this morning that I want to give you three words? Not three words and then I'm done. That, that, that wouldn't work. Wishful thinking. What if I was to tell you I'm going to give you three words today that could completely change your lives? Three words today that can radically make a difference in everything going on in your world. Three words today that could really transform you. And I say that not just to fluff it up, not just to get your attention this morning. I, I, I say that because I truly believe this, that there's three words that I want to share with you that has this type of power. There's three words I want to give you, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that it can change your life. I truly believe it. These three words can change your life. Are you ready to hear these three words? Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Let me say it one more time. Remember the Lord. You might say, well, what's really special about that? How can that change my life? I just heard it. My life's not changed yet. What is it really that's so special about those words? And I want to tell you that I'm testifying what's special about them because those three words, my friends, those three words changed my life. And so when I say I believe it, it's because I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. God, through His grace, has showed me how those three words, remember the Lord, has completely changed me. You see, God saved me. Praise it. God, can I get an amen for that? God saved me, church. But He didn't leave me. He delivered me. 
He delivered me not just out of something, but He delivered me to something, to Jesus. He delivered me to Him. Not just to set where I was and coast, but to know Him more deeply. And He wants me to remember Him. He wanted to be remembered. And that's a desire that God has for every one of us in here today. Proverbs 3.6 says, In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. All of your ways, remember Him. And He'll direct your paths. I was blessed in my life to have someone that shared these three words with me over and over every single day. Remember the Lord. You see, because God had delivered me, like I said, out of some crazy stuff, and, and, and every one of us are in crazy stuff apart from Christ, amen? And so He delivered me out of some stuff, but I was still struggling. I struggled, and, and, and just as anyone who comes to Christ struggles, you walk in a wicked world, amen? It's tough. This world's hard. It's dark. There's a lot of trap holes. There's a lot of snares that Satan throws at you. And so as I walked, I had someone that was in my life very special to me that said, remember the Lord. As I went to be with my family that who, who struggled and were caught up in addictions that I was just recently delivered from. You see, I was on the verge of being caught into those same addictions, those same struggles, those same things. I was right there dabbing into it, and God radically, amazingly, by His grace, pulled me out of that. But I still was going around my family who were caught up in it every single day. And so as I went there, I had someone that looked at me and said, Remember the Lord. As I went to school and my grades started to slack and I started playing pickup basketball and my mind was getting on other things, I had someone that looked at me and said, Hey, buddy, remember the Lord. As I started filling out applications for my very first job, as I got out of the car to go into Subway, someone looked at me and they said, Remember the Lord. As I left the house, every single time that I did, no matter if I was going to school, a friend's house, no matter what direction I was heading, those words met me. Remember the Lord. As I started looking for college and what I would do with my life and the career path I would take, someone looked at me and said, Remember the Lord. I started leading Bible studies in college and I planted a church and someone was in my ear saying, Remember the Lord. As I met the woman of my dreams that came across my path and I was ready to propose to her and propose this crazy idea of marrying me, someone said to me, remember the Lord. As I considered seminaries and which seminary I'd go to, as I considered which church call was God was calling me to take the pastorate of, someone was in my ear saying, remember the Lord. You see what that happened to me? you're listening say i'm listening what happened to me is this instilled in me an awareness that the lord was to be remembered in every aspect of my life that god wasn't just to be remembered at church or at youth group or at at sunday school or in the sanctuary that god was meant to be remembered in every place that my foot entered into That's what that instilled into me. It changed my life. It wasn't about me choosing the right thing. It was about me choosing Jesus, choosing my Lord over and over again. At every stage, I could remember the Lord or I could forget Him. As I sat beside the hookah bong with marijuana filled in it, I could take another hit of that and forget the Lord or I could remember the Lord. 
as women started to come into my life, I could have got distracted and, 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 and messed around with ladies in which I shouldn't have be doing and forget the Lord. Or I could remember the Lord. I could have went down the whole desired path I had for my life with engineering and thought that that was the whole direction I would go in my life and forget the Lord. Or I could remember the Lord. I hope you have caught what I'm trying to share with you this morning. There's nothing special about me. It's really not even special about the person that was leading me saying those words, remember the Lord. It's not about being led perfectly. It's not about making the right decisions. The truth is, is that I can't even choose Jesus on my own. That's the whole point of the gospel is that we did not choose God. It's only by His grace. And so it's not this being led perfectly or making the right decisions or, or was it just me choosing Jesus? I'll tell you what it was. It was the Spirit of God by the grace of God that led a broken hillbilly to sow a gospel seed into a young boy's heart. That's what it was, church. What it was, was it was the Spirit of God by the grace of God that started giving increase to that little seed that was in my young heart. And He started to sprout it and it came to a place and brought me to a place where I knew Jesus. That's what happened. And how did it happen? From these words, remember the Lord. I share this with you this morning because I have the hope that the Spirit of God by the grace of God, would use this broken young man as he shares with you and tries to sow the gospel seed into your heart that the Spirit of God would allow this broken young man to do that this morning to you all. My prayer, my hope this morning is that the Spirit of God, by the grace of God, would then take that sown seed, the gospel seed that has been given this morning, and take and give increase in your heart and allow you to come to the place this morning where you know Jesus. And I'm not talking about just knowing of Jesus, not talking about knowing and talking and loving and all these different things we talk about when we're just walking and doing our normal life. I'm talking about a true knowledge of who He is, where He has come into your life and changed every aspect, every fiber of who you are. Are you with me, church? Remember the Lord. That's my hope this morning, is that He'll help us do this. This was Paul's hope as he ministered to the other churches. He ministered to all these different churches, and that was his hope that they would remember the Lord. And that's what we're going to get into today, is as we open our Bibles, you can go ahead and get your Bibles, turn them to 2 Corinthians this morning. And I, I love getting into 2 Corinthians because this is where we're at. We've been going through all these letters, all went through Acts, all the different letters of Paul, and the order that he's written them, and now here we are at 2 Corinthians. Right before Easter, we finished up 1 Corinthians. And 1 Corinthians is a tough book. <laughs> 1 Corinthians had a lot of rebuking, a lot of reproofing, this little fact of, 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 hey, listen to the Spirit and stop living for yourself kind of message. And now today we get into 2 Corinthians, and I'm so excited about starting this letter because what happened, let me just remind you, is Paul had planted the church in Corinth when he had a stay of 18 months, a year and a half there at Corinth. We read about that in Acts. We studied through that. And then he leaves and he departs, and there's struggles going on in Corinth. And so he sends Timothy back to Corinth to deal with these issues. And that's where 1 Corinthians comes from, is these struggles, this letter comes to address some of these struggles. Well, things didn't change. And so immediately after that, Paul somewhere had this time to just briefly go to Corinth and have a very painful visit with them, calling them to respond to God. 
calls it a painful stay, a painful visit. And after that, he departs and there's still struggles. And so he writes a severe letter, is the language he uses, a severe letter to them. And he sends Titus to go there with this severe letter. And so then it's a little bit later that Titus comes back, finds Paul, and he starts talking about the gospel change, what had happened at Corinth, the difference, the change that has come about, and how they're starting to follow the Lord again. And so this whole picture, this good report happens, and that's where 2 Corinthians comes from. It's this place of, of comfort of encouragement, of, of they've, they've heard the gospel. Now they've heard the plea from God and they're, they're starting to transition their lives. And so this is where Second Corinthians comes from. And I pray that that is a transition God is going to bring you into if He hasn't already. That He's bringing you to a place of saying, it's time. Let me lead you. Let me walk in front of you and allow you to follow for a change. Let me be your God. Amen, church? And may we hear these words from Paul in the same fashion, the same comfort, the same encouraging way that, that he writes to them. And so this was his desire for them. It's going to come back to this principle. Remember the Lord. And I'm going to bring it back to that. But if you're there, Second Corinthians chapter 1, say amen. amen. Here's what it says. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Let me just stop there. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. This is important. We can't just pass over this. By the will of God. Paul is saying, listen, I am not only an apostle, I'm not only writing you this letter. All of this is not just by coincidence, just by me having an urge inside of me to address something. He says, this is by the will of God. Church, I believe with 100% that this morning as we are opening up 2 Corinthians, and we're about to read it together corporately as we worship the one and only God that's worthy of that worship, that it is by His will and His will alone. Praise the Lord. Does that get you excited about what He's going to have for us today? This is the place. He says, by the will of God, Paul, an apostle, one who was born out of unduly time, he tells us, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, stamping it with his apostleship here at the very beginning. He says, me and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in Achaia, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Very normal, this interest, this introduction to a letter. Very normal. He's just opening up, saying who he is. He says, it's by the will of God, grace to you, peace to you. And now here's where he gets into the start of his letter in verse 3. And so again, I believe there's a principle here that I, I hope God shows us. This idea, remember the Lord and how we do that. And so the first point that comes off of that this morning, before we get to verse 3, is remember to praise the Lord for who He is. As we remember the Lord, something I, I desire, that I, I believe God in His heart desires of us, is to remember to praise Him for who He is. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Blessed be the God and the Father of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Blessed be the God. Or your translation might say, praise be to the God. Blessing, praise. What does that mean to bless the God? Blessed be God. And if you're like me, your mind probably goes to a place in Scripture that has that same language, that language of, of the Beatitudes. You remember in Matthew 5 where it says, Blessed are those who are poor in the Spirit. It says, Blessed are those that are meek. Blessed are those who mourn. And it goes on, this idea of blessed are. And so I get to thinking, is that what it's talking about here? Blessed be God, the same way that blessed are these. But it's two completely different words in Greek. 
The first one in the Beatitudes is, is Markrios, and that's a meaning of, of God having His favor on us. Markrios, this idea that God has placed His favor on you. Blessed are those who pour in the Spirit. Why are we blessed? Because God's favor has been placed upon us. When we mourn, why are we blessed? Because God's favor has been placed upon us. So what does this mean? Blessed be the God. Well, this is a word, eulogetos, and this is another Greek word that means to worship or to praise Him. God doesn't need our favor upon Him. Y'all realize that, right? The way God blesses us and showers us with His favor, we don't, He doesn't need that favor from us on Him. It's different. These are different words. I used to struggle with this as I prayed. There was times I'd pray and I'd say, God, thank you for your blessings. And then I'd turn around and I'd say, God, we bless you. We bless your name. I used to struggle internally with that. I was like, God, I don't understand. I know that's what I'm praying, but what does it mean for me to bless you? How can I bless God? So I used to struggle with that. And if we understand blessing in the sense of, of the way that we do it, the Beatitudes of favor upon us, there is no way we can bless Him. There's nothing we can really give to God in that sense the same way. But the blessing, this other word that's used here, blessed be God, blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the idea of praising Him and honoring Him and worshiping Him. And boy, can we bless His name that way. Amen, church? He says there's so many reasons for his name to be honored and blessed and worshipped. And he starts just naming a few of these. Paul does. And so look at the first one he says. He says, praise him because he is the God. There's an article there. The, the, the God. Praise him because he is the God. We worship and praise him because he is the Lord. There's no other Lord. There's no other God. There's one and it is him. And that alone, church, should be enough for us to just stop and pause a second this morning and say He's worthy of being praised and honored. There's not another like Him. He is the God. Isaiah 45, 5 says, I am the Lord and there is no other. There are no other gods besides Me. I am He. This is an idea, this idea of, of Him being God is really loaded. The Greek word is theos and it translated from the Hebrew word El or Elohim, this title. What it means is, is God as, as, as ruler, as creator, as magnificent. This God is special. He's powerful and He has control. He's sovereign. He's magnificent. He's capable. You understand who this God is? And He's the God. There's none other, none like Him. All powerful. We should praise him. We should remember to praise Him because He is the God. Look at what else it says, though. Praise Him because He is the Father of Jesus. Blessed be or praise be to the God and the Father of Jesus. Y'all realize it's because of Jesus that we have a, a Heavenly Father to call Heavenly Father? On Wednesday night, we were talking about a heart with a gospel rhythm. And we're starting a new series on Wednesday nights. I want you all to come if you're able. If you're free at 6.30, come. Because we're looking at what it means to have a heart that beats with the gospel rhythm. We're just really starting. Last week was an introduction. You can catch right on with us. The point that we were looking at was the idea that we have been adopted. We've been adopted into the family of God. Not only adopted, but co-heirs with Christ. Made co-heirs. Not only are we just treated as an adopted child, but we're brought into the inheritance as the one and only child. What a blessing that is. I think sometimes we look at this idea of Jesus coming and dying for us. And in church, in East Texas, we almost come numb to that thought. 
Jesus died first. He came. Yeah, He bled on the cross. We say those things all the time. And I think we can get numb to what it really means. And one of the ways we always talk about it, I think, is, is from Jesus' perspective. We talk about how He left glory. And He came and He, he died willingly for us. In fact, it's not um, just our idea of this. Philippians tells us this in chapter 2. And you've got the mind of Christ there, verses 5-11 through 11 there, where it talks about how He was equal with God, but didn't consider it robbery. And so that He became obedient even to the point of death, it tells us there. And so this idea of seeing it from His perspective, He died for me, He came, He put on flesh for me, and He left heaven and came for me, and He died and He did all that for me. And, and we can talk through all that, but I want to remind you not to forget something. It was the Father who sent Him. Look at it from His perspective for a moment. It was the Father who sent, who loved the world and sent His only begotten Son. It was the Father who watched His child be beaten for our sake. I know some of you mama bears in here. I know some of you dads in here. And we couldn't bear the thought of our child being beat for someone else's sake. This is the Father who did that for us. This is the Father who had to forsake His own Son so that we might not be forsaken. Let that sink in for a moment, church. Blessed be the Father of Jesus Christ. We praise Him also because He is the Father of all mercies. He says the Father of all mercies, meaning all mercies derived from Jesus from the Lord, from God the Father. He, all mercies derive from Him. Meaning that, that every merciful thing comes from God. Think about this for a second. We talk a lot about His grace. His grace is something that He gives us that we don't deserve, right? The grace is something we get when we don't deserve it. And that's His riches and His blessings and His joy and His love and all those things we get because we don't deserve them. But He gave them to us through Christ. And praise the Lord for those things. Eternity is included in that. But His mercy is something else we stand on. One foot stands on His grace and one foot stands on His mercy. Because if it was not for mercy, we would be consumed with the wrath of God because He is perfect and we're not. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, we would not have breath in our lungs to set in these very pews this morning. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, there would be no eternity to look for because we'd be separated in hell apart from God for eternity. Mercy is something that we don't get that we do deserve. One foot stands on grace, one foot stands on the mercy of God. He's the Father of all mercies. The Bible tells us through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. It tells us because His compassions fail not. This comes out of Lamentations. You remember the last part? Great is your faithfulness. The very reason we're not consumed or condemned right now is because of the mercy of God. Praise be the Father of all mercies. The last thing he says here, praise Him because He is the God of all comfort. And it is at this point that Paul's really going to carry into this new theme of his whole letter. And this letter is going to come from the, with this theme of comfort, this encouragement, this idea of, of who God is and what that does for us. In fact, in these first eight verses here, from 3 to 11, we see the word comfort ten different times. And this will be a theme. I'm going to talk a little bit about that word comfort in just a moment. But I just want us to recognize, first off, that He is the God of all comfort. And just like I told these little kiddos, He desired that we would be comforted to the point where He sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, so that we might be comforted. The God of all comfort. May we praise Him. Amen, church? Amen. And that leads me into this next point. As we remember the Lord, I want you to catch this number two. 
Remember to call on His comfort through suffering. Remember to call upon His comfort, on Jesus' comfort through suffering. Go back to verse 3 with me. If you're there, say amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And next we're going to see this clause that comes from the God of all comfort. So God of all comfort, verse 4, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be comforted, may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Verse 5, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that, we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of of the consolation. Church, our struggles, our suffering, our struggles can lead us in many different directions, can't they? Right? Have you been led by struggles to a place you didn't want to go before? I sure have. I think they lead us to this place that we think initially has this comfort. Follow me. But the reality is, is it's just a facade, a, a fake idea of comfort. We call it worldly comfort maybe. This idea of something that initially may, 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 may fill the soul in just a little portion but leaves you empty in the end. Are you with me? I think this happens over and over again. Our struggles can take us into this place. Our struggles can take us to a place maybe like alcohol and drugs for comfort. People just didn't get into that place because they, they, they wanted to ruin their lives. No, at some point it was a comfort. At some point it was something that, that helped but left them empty at the end. You see, that's what alcohol and drugs do in the end, I think, is this idea of it brings numbness at the beginning, but at some point that numbness wears off and you face the same struggles that you left with. Amen, church? How about turning into relationships? I think struggles can turn us to different relationships in our life, but the truth is the relationship is, is the comfort that comes with a ticking time bomb because it's just a matter of fact before that relationship is going to hurt you. Because we hurt each other. That's, who, that's what we do, right? We're imperfect. We struggle. And we're going to hurt each other. So true comfort can't ultimately come through a relationship outside of Christ. We might turn to work or careers, but the same thing's true. It's just this idea of a distraction until it fades away. Amen? The one place, though, listen to me, the one place that is adequate and worthy of turning to is the God of all comfort. The one place that is adequate, capable, worthy of turning to is the God of all comfort. The word comfort, I told you I was going to explain that just a little bit. And that word comfort is literally the word parakaleo. It's a Greek word that's two different words that means to call to one side. The word comfort here means to call someone to your side. And so when we think about this idea of comfort, the reason it is true comfort is because it's not this facade. It's true comfort because we are calling a living, mighty, holy God to our side. Are you with me, church? Are you all listening to His Word this morning? Amen. I don't want to just be up here talking this morning. I want you to catch what He has for you. 
Our living, holy, perfect Creator who knows the deepest wounds of your soul says, call on me and I'm right there. Call on me and I'm there. This is true comfort. Notice in verse 4 it says, God comforts us in all of our struggles or our tribulations or struggles, afflictions, whatever your version has. And God comforts us in all of our struggles. Hear this. There's no struggle that God is unaware of in your life. No matter if you haven't taken it to the cross or not, there is not a struggle in here on the hearts of all of you that God is unaware of. There's not a struggle that He is absent from in your life today. He is here present with you. It says all of your struggles. You're not alone in your pain and suffering. No matter how lonely you might feel. I think sufferings, sufferings highlight a dependence on the Lord. When we suffer, it highlights this idea that we're dependent on Him. The truth is, is we're always dependent on the Lord. Just as I said earlier, the only reason we have breath in our lungs is because we're dependent on the Lord. But by His grace, church, by God's grace, I truly believe that He allows suffering at times to remind us just how dependent we are on Him so that we won't run in the meaningless directions of idols. That's His grace, though. Suffering shows our weaknesses, that we are weak. Isn't that okay, though? Doesn't God say something about showing His strength in our weakness? Being made strong in our weakness? See, God receives glory when we don't act like we have it all together. But instead, we admit that God is the only one holding us together by the ministry of His Son, the gospel of His Son, the ministry of the Spirit, and the prayers of each other. That's the only reason we're held together in here this morning. Isn't that right, church? We also recognize that our struggles may be purposed for the sake of someone else. Look at verse 4, the end of it. It says, Who comforts us in our tribulations that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort that which we ourselves are comforted by God. So, in other words, your struggles may be purposed, have a purpose for the sake of someone else. And you might be tempted to say, suffering for someone else's sake? That's not really fair, is it? That me and my family has to go through this situation for the sake of someone else, perhaps even a stranger? Is that fair? You might say, I don't think so. And I hear you. It's a real complaint this morning. Why should you have to go through a hardship and a suffering that puts you to a place that feels hopeless and the only place you can turn to is God? Why should you have to go through something like that for the sake of someone else? And I hear your complaint, and it's valid. I hear it. But I'm going to tell you where to take that complaint. Take it before the beaten, blood-dripped, stricken, mocked face of Christ. Take that complaint there and tell him how it's not fair. The one who was beaten and stripped and mocked and spit upon, not for his sake. In fact, he's the only one that's innocent enough to not deserve any of it. But for our Sometimes God purposes our suffering for the sake of someone else. And the reason that is is because Paul says that we, our struggles are a way to share in Christ's suffering. I want to make sure you understood what I just said. We don't suffer personally. We don't suffer for the sake of someone else's salvation or comfort. I'm going to get to that in a moment. We share in Christ's suffering for their salvation and their comfort. He already suffered. He's the only one 
who has the adequate suffering to pay for the salvation and the comfort of other souls. And we get to share in Christ's suffering. It says in verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Meaning here, the suffering of Christ overflows to us. Because of our union with Christ, we have these sufferings that, that flow to us. They come to us. But also, it says the comfort of Christ overflows through us. And not only do we receive the sufferings, but through us we receive His comfort and it becomes a channel to others. So here's the next thing. Just as Christ suffered for our comfort and salvation. Just said this. Just as Christ suffered for our comfort and salvation, we too are called to share in that suffering for the comfort and salvation of others. Look at verse 6. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for the consolation and salvation, which for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same suffering which we also suffer. Or is it we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. He says, if you're suffering, if we are suffering, it's for your sake. If we're comforted, it's for your sake. We share in Christ in that, he says. And, and then, let me make sure we get this clear too. When I say Christ suffered for our comfort, I'm not talking about the feel-good comfort. When I say Christ suffered so that He might give us comfort, when I was talking to the children about Christ, the Holy Spirit wants to comfort them, I'm not talking about the comfort in which we call our comfort zone, in which we're comfortable because we're in charge and we are independent and we feel like we have things under control and peace is around us and things are kind of settled and we're feeling good about it and I'm not stretched out of that place. That's not the comfort that Christ gives. In fact, He died to take that comfort away from us. The comfort that I'm talking about is the comfort that says, I am absolutely, completely out of control, and I know there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. The comfort that comes when we say that I am lost, but I know you stand beside me and you are in control, and whatever you will will be done, and that you have found me. That's the comfort that I'm talking about when you call him and he comes to your side. Church, I want you to hear me. It's kind of like the child that screeches. You know the child, you've heard the child screech. I know you have where they screech and they screech. They're screaming as loud as they can. And they're terrified because they looked up and they realized that there's nothing they can do and they're in too deep. Have you ever had a child scream to you that way? They're in too deep and they need help. They can't handle it on their own. And they screech and they call out. And what do you do? You go over there and you give them an embrace, a hug. And you hold them. And then what happens? These tears start coming. I'm talking these massive tears. And they're not tears of terror anymore. They're tears of comfort. Because they know that you're there and you're in control. And you have them. That's the way we need to scream out to God. And then allow the comfort of tears come when we know that He's there beside us. The last point here this morning and it carries on the same idea of remembering the Lord. The third point, remember to not trust in yourself, but trust in God. Remember to not trust in yourself, but trust in God. Look at verse 8. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us 
from such a great a death and does deliver us and in whom will we trust that He will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. I want us to notice something. This is a reminder that God is giving all of us by His grace. Here, Notice the plurality here. Paul was not going through any of this suffering alone. Hear me please, church. He says, our trouble. Our trouble. He says, we were burdened. We despaired life. He says that, 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 that we had a death sentence. Church, do you know that your troubles... That your depression and despair of life and your burdens are not yours to carry alone? And I don't say that to know it up here. Do you know it in your heart? That it's not meant for you to carry. It's ours. It's, it's, it's for us to share as a body of Christ that holds each other up and allow the blood of Christ to conquer these burdens and this despair and these struggles. I want you to catch the place Paul says they were at. May the Spirit move mightily right now. Paul says they were burdened beyond measure. Meaning they were overwhelmed. Everything inside of them and around them was coming upon them to such a heavy weight that if one more thing came upon them, they would have crumbled is what it felt like. They were overwhelmed. Maybe that's where you are today. Maybe today you're at a place where you feel overwhelmed and if one more thing comes on your shoulders, you're going to crumble. He says beyond strength, meaning weak. Maybe you're here today saying, I'm weak and I don't even know how I made it into these doors because I'm feeling so weak. He says we despaired of life, meaning depressed. Maybe you're here today and you have a depression that you are battling that no one else in here or even in your own family knows that you're battling with. Or maybe they do know, but they don't know. If you know what I mean? You've opened up, you talked about it, but there's no way they really understand. And you find yourself in a despair of life, depressed. To a point where he says we were sentenced of death in ourselves, meaning hopeless. There's not another ounce of hope here that we can find. Maybe this is where you are today. So let me speak with you today. Our instinct, church, is when we deal with burdens, struggles, depression, despair, death, when we deal with hopelessness, our instinct is to push it down. Push it away. Ignore it. And we have this thought that if we just ignore it long enough, it's going to fade away. But despair, depression, and struggles, let me tell you something, they love to be ignored because what happens is then they start taking root into deep parts of your soul in which they get you so entangled that you feel like you'll never be able to be released from. That's what happens when we ignore it and we just push it off and take it and act like it's not there. I'm the worst of it. So listen to God's Word today. 
It doesn't call us to hide from these struggles or be absent from them. The depression, the despair, all the things that we struggle with, He doesn't tell us to hide from them. He tells us that there's a purpose in them and to allow them to fulfill their purpose. What is that purpose? Look at verse 9. It says, so that. So that. Look at it. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves so that, or that, we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. We wouldn't trust in ourselves, but God who raises the dead, who delivered us from such a great death and does deliver us and who will we trust to deliver us again. And says, you also helping together in a prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Church, let us run from self-sufficiency. Let us run from the place of having control. Let us run from the place in this idea of I am okay. There's a song out that says, truth be told, I'm not okay. Truth be told, I'm broken. Run from the idea of being okay and instead listen and lean and trust into God. Let your overwhelms, your weaknesses, your depression, your hopelessness take you running to the place of God and know that He has delivered you of them. It tells us that He has delivered us. If you're in Christ, you have been delivered from death to life. You have been delivered. He says He still will deliver you too. He still delivers us. And I trust that He will continue to deliver us. He will deliver us. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they went into the furnace. You remember what they said? They looked Nebuchadnezzar in the eye and they said, Look, God is able to remove us from this furnace. But even if He doesn't, we have been delivered from your hand. God will deliver us either from it or through it. He will deliver us. He'll deliver us again. God will deliver us. Look at this last part. You also helping together in prayer for us. Paul mentions prayer here. He says this isn't just something ritualistic. It's not just a formality in which we use to close the service. It's not just this idea of something we just naturally just do because we do it. Prayer is a thing that is helping hold us together. Church, we're going to have a time of prayer right now. And I don't want it to be a formalistic, normal type of ending, closing prayer type thing. I pray that God would use this as a time to respond today of saying, let's help hold each other together. Maybe today is the day that you've heard that gospel seed be sown by a young, broken man as I am. And the Spirit of God has taken root inside of your heart to say, I want to give increase to that seed and sprout gospel life inside of you. Would you be delivered from death to life today? Would you be delivered? Or maybe you're in here today and you say, I've been delivered, I'm in Christ, but I am broken, overwhelmed, despairing life, struggling. Would you not hide them anymore? Would you not run from them anymore? Maybe you run to the altar and say, Jesus, I can't do it no more. I need you. Screech like the child that is out of control and allow the presence of a holy, awesome, good, comforting God to come beside you and say, I'm here. And allow them arms to embrace you today. Would you all do that? This altar should be full today if you ask me. I believe God wants to do that type of work in your hearts today. Father God, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you would move in a special, miraculous, God-honoring, magnificent way, Lord. God, I pray that this prayer right now as we do it every Sunday wouldn't be a normal ritualistic thing that we do. Lord, I pray that this prayer would literally be us begging You, Lord, saying we are out of control, we cannot do this alone, and we need the grace of God to touch our lives. 
Lord, would we call on the name of Jesus like that? Would we reach out and know that there's going to be arms that embrace us and grab hold of us? Would the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, come and comfort today, Lord? Lord, I know there are burdens beyond belief in here, Lord, that are being held in together, Lord, and they, they don't want to share them. They want to hide them and, and, and act like they're not there, God. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that Your Word calls us to a place of sharing those burdens and of praying and holding each other up today, Lord. Lord, would we do that if we see a brother or sister struggling? Lord, would we come alongside of them and lift them and help hold them up in prayer, Lord? Would we share burdens today, Lord? Would we recognize that You, God, are worthy of being praised? Would we remember the Lord today? Lord, we have two options. We can forget You today and walk out as if this is just a normal Sunday, or we can remember You and let it be a life-transforming time as You move Your Spirit of God inside of us, Lord. Oh God, we lean in on You. We trust you, Lord, and we need you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. right now to take a seat. I want to ask that if you're struggling right now, to stand back up. If you're struggling, and I want people around you to lay hands on you, take a hand and place it on the back of those who stand. Right now, stand if you're struggling, and I want everyone to follow around and put your hand on that brother or that sister and let the spirit move as we lift them up. Go ahead, stand up around them. Put your hands on them. There's people standing in here. Put your hands around these brothers and sisters that are struggling and let's ask God to move as they sing this chorus.
Father God, you just see all the people that are standing in our church this morning, God. God, I just pray that, the, Lord, you put your hands on them, Lord. Whatever the situation is, God, I just pray that, Lord, you take care of them. Let them know that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, you are mighty. We can do all things through you that strengthens us, God. And God, you see all the people praying with our our people that are standing, Lord. That says volumes. You know, it says we're uh, two or more gathered, Lord. You'll hear our prayer. Lord, I just come to you this morning and pray that you're with And we ask you to change your son's name. beside you. What you just noticed, what you just witnessed is brothers and sisters that's cried out and the Lord has come beside them. Now He's going to use us to continue that work beside them. If you prayed with somebody today, would you be reminded of that? Get their number and this week maybe text them and say, I'm lifting you up this week. I'm praying for you. I love you. Would we be the church today, church? Amen? I'm going to ask Lance if you'd close us in a word of prayer. And if you're still praying, you take all the time you want to pray. If you needed to talk to me and you didn't get to talk to me, you come find me and I'll pray with you. But I'm telling you, the important one in here today is the Spirit of God. Amen?